Women's Power to Heal, Mother Earth. I am Maya Tiwari. In this global time of crises and challenges, we need to remain stoic and strong. It is so difficult to call upon this strength when we feel defeated, anxious, fearful, when so much of our lives have been turned upside down by the influences from the, our environment, by the huge, enormous vibration of negativity that is coursing our earth at the present moment. We feel it all. We may have so much going for us in our own lives that we have worked to keep in a state of balance and yet we're tossed asunder for the most part. This has been no different for me or for any of the major peace leaders and holistic health practitioners and other seekers of consciousness that I know. So do not feel that you're isolated in this struggle, in this deep, profound war that we find ourselves in. But like all wars, there is a center of peace that we can we can scour into the depths of who we are to find. This too is not easy, but it has to be done. The difficulty with this type of negative environment and occurrences and activities around us is that we can control so little of it. In the case of a big outright military war, for instance, we usually come up with the courage, the strength, and somehow the frame of mind that sets us into protecting ourselves to the best of our ability. But when the negative energies and activities are so scattered, so subtle, the underlying course of the vibration that surrounds us, that influences our cell and memory, our tissue memory, our minds, our sense of beingness, when that is interrupted and disrupted to the relentless way that it has been done in this last year, two years I should say, then it becomes more difficult for us to withstand this force which we do not understand, which has no explanation whatsoever, other than the fact that Jyotishas and astrologers and weather predictors and environmentalists and scientists tell us certain information, but the truth of the matter is that we have had a lot of planetary uh, anomalies, really. For instance, today, the major, one of the major solar eclipses happens. And uh, during this time, it happened in the, 
in the sign in the in in the planet uh, where Mars um, is entering Scorpio and for those of you who don't know astrology never mind all of it but when that happens at the same time of the solar eclipse we can be sure that Mars is a very aggressive planet needs to be and that the power that we are challenging now throughout the world is very warlike. It, it contains a great deal of aggression. Uh, it would be, we would see perhaps in countries that have been on the verge of war, that the wars are actually going to materialize and break out. But it's more than that external military war. It is an inner battle. It provides an inner uneasiness, an inner sense of where am I, what is happening, I am, I am feeling at a loss. And so the interesting thing is getting back to understanding, for instance, right at the solar eclipse we also discovered uh, the news coming out of South Africa about the new Omicron variant of the COVID virus. And it, it seems to me uh, that there is so much that is happening that is foisting and, and festering and, and putting upon the fears that are already existing. So one of the most important things we can do when we are looking at all of this is to try our best to release. It is exactly during the time of eclipses when the universe is split in many ways, uh, open, so many, much of our ether opens, the sky opens, things are happening, planets are preoccupied with their major transitions. And then at this time, to gather the core, we can do find a space and time to do our sittings, our little periods of silence, our periods of meditation, healthful activities like walking and yoga, tai chi, uh, meditation, contemplations, walking in peaceful gardens, walking barefoot onto the earth, and the things that usually refuel us and give us back a sense of ourselves. And now, usually in the state of anxiety and fear and loss, we rarely feel inclined, inspired to do these necessary things. I can vouch for that because in the last decade of being targeted by relentless violence, I myself have found it very difficult to muster up the stamina and the energy or the prana to do my long sittings and my long meditations, and so I have cut them short. But it is time to get back to investing in this. Uh, sometimes we simply have to push against the wave. Uh, usually we, it's not a good advice to do so, but sometimes it is necessary. And this is one of the times. I, I want to tell us a bit about how brilliant and magnificent our cosmic anatomy is. And then we will get into a contemplation for relieving so much of the detritus, the, the, the difficult dark, the, the polluted, fetid atmospheres 
the horrific actions of our fellow human beings as well. Um, the lack of, of decency, the lack of, of, of nobility, the lack of dignity, the lack of respect, all of which is also born upon Mother Earth. And of course, we, it could be directed at us individually or communally as well, but we feel it nonetheless because of what has been put upon our great mother, the Earth. In the Vedas, we are told, oh, there is an expression called Nitya Karma. And it's a beautiful expression, and every Hindu knows what this is about. Most used to practice what this is about. And it is a wonderful, universal practice that we can bring to ourselves. It is to get up with the attitude of surrender, self-surrendering. There's so little we can control, so worrying about it, and I can testify to that as well, is purely counterproductive. So basically, nitya karma. But let us understand the brilliance of our own cosmic anatomy and know why it is cap we are capable as humans to self-surrender. In our body, it is said in the Vedas that the the gods and goddesses, we can call them angels, we can call them archangels, we can call them divinities, whatever you relate to. But the body, the devatas reside in our body. The sun, for instance, in its godly form, resides in our eyes. The Atmadeva, that is the deva of incredible consciousness, lives in the heart. Dig, dig Devata, Dig Devata is the one that resides in sound in our ears. The eyes bring us the gift of many different forms and colors, and we're able to enjoy the magnificence of our great Mother Earth. So, to understand that the Devatas, in fact, not only live in our universe, but it lives within us, within every tree, within every species, and certainly in its most illumined form within the human, within the human, what we call the jnana indriyanis, which are the senses, and the karma indriyanis, which are our organs of actions like hands and feet, and also within the mind. In the Bhagavad Gita, it refers to the karma yoga or, or becoming a nitya yogi, meaning we practice this karma yoga every day as surrender. It is said that the elements in the universe are continually, and those are the five elements, we know what they are, they're earth, water, fire, air, and space, or ether. And that these, these elements are continually performing sacrifice, what is called yajna, it's a, it's a terpene, it's an offering. It is, it is the sense of what keeps it all in a state of balance, that is continually giving, continually flourishing, continually self-generating, continually nurturing the earth and us, and that is why we haven't disappeared off the face of the earth as yet. In any event, the sun, the moon, the constellations, in the form of the universe are all serving the purpose of yajna. Every plant, every seed, 
serves the purpose of yajna, meaning sacrifice. The seed understands that as it sprouts into, that is the edible plant, in, into edible plant, that it will sacrifice its life to inform the tissues of the human person and other species. It is so incredible that we bring this to mind. Why? What does understanding our cosmic anatomy has to do with fortifying ourselves to rebuild stamina, to get to a deeper core of our own sentiency? What does that have to do with, with it? It has everything to do with it. Because the practice of Nitya Karma, as a Nitya Yogi, as a Karma Yogi who does, meaning a person who gets up with just one, just remembering for even a split moment that my attitude must be one of self-surrendering. You know, it is not easy to tell you this because it has been a very difficult path for me to self-surrender all the time. I, Of course, those with brilliant minds and a complete amount of energetic activity, meaning energy to, to go forward, fueled by fiery uh, personality um, characteristics uh, from the karmas of my own birth and ancestry, etc., etc., that, you know, it, but we have to balance the action that we choose to do. I could not do the work I've done in the world and continue to do in the world as a karma yogi if I didn't have that fire behind me. But by the same token, as I get older, I realize that the need to balance it, that incredible outward movement of nurturing and, and nourishing and educating and giving has to be balanced with an attitude of self-surrender. For instance, at the moment, there are so many relentless, violent things that are happening around me wherever I go, and I realize that I cannot control them. And like a good inspector, because the mind is, is investigative, it is strategic, it, it has been taught to be that way through my incredible Vedic ancestry, and also through my training in this life, that it, it pushes me sometimes to understand what is happening, the need to understand, the need to know the, the, the methodologies, the structure of this violence. But I tell you, at some point, I had to understand that there is a stronger need and a stronger medicine than that of what the mind has to do. And it is what the heart needs. It's what the spirit and the soul truly needs. It is the nourishment for that spirit, and that is the attitude of self-surrender. I do not know why, what, how. It's, I know how it's happening, but who, I do not clearly know. I do have my thoughts about who is behind it, the architect of all of it. But in fact, that too is a, is a byway and a, a distract, distracted, useless, dead-end street. So basically, we get back to understanding 
that enough is enough. We have to, those of us who have that incredible type of mind that must find methodologies, that scientific mind, that incredible mind of exploration, which is all very beautiful and brilliant and serve its own purpose, must also now find a balance. And the only way we can do that for those that I have described thusly is to invest in the attitude of self-surrender. That is what Nitya Karma is. And I'm asking you to apply this Nitya Karma uh, uh, process practice to your daily life so that we can reclaim that core of spirit while the chaos spins around you. Know that we must be able to be at some sense of harmony even amid the chaos. In fact, we are asked to face the joys and the terrors of life in the same breath, and that's what a karma yogi is. Very difficult to do. But let us start with the simple practice of sitting 10 minutes after you wake up. You may be having your tea or coffee or, or morning drink uh, of, of nourishment with, and you could just sit without thinking, without thoughts, enjoying the sip, the warmth, this, the aroma of your wonderful warm drink in the morning and the warmth of the cup between the palm of your hands and just sit. And for those who are inclined to do the Vedic chants, we've been teaching those for many, many years, you can do that as well. Those of us who are active-oriented and activity-oriented, and those who can just sit, just sit and be, no thought, no nothing, just sit. Those who can sit and do prayer, that's fine as well. Those who meditate, it's all a part of meditation, the sadhana of being, of just simply being. So this is an essential part of what I'm asking myself to do and what I hope you can all join me in doing in your own lives so that we can re-enlighten, re-ignite, re re-influence and invite back that core nature that always keeps us safe and that is always there for us when the distractions of fear and anger, the angst, and all else has subsided. You may do your own release affirmation mantra. You could write a page of all the things you need to release. I release all unforgiveness or I release all resentment. I release being the victim of even though I have been victimized. I release all judgments even though I know who the perpetrators are, but I also release the idea of perpetrators. Difficult when you're looking at them straight in their face. But they are misguided and it is 
you who pay the price for holding on to negativity. They do not. They pay their own karmas, whatever that may be. I release all angst, I release grief, I release pain. And may I also be able to release the suffering that comes with pain. So basically, and then you can call upon whichever devata, whatever archangel, divinity, whatever. I constantly call upon Mother Earth, Mother Earth, Mother Earth, the goddess of the earth, Bhumi. I call upon Durga, Kali, I call upon Saraswati, Lakshmi, I call upon Mary. And so basically you can call upon whatever the construct of your own mind sees as divine. Thank you for listening and may peace be your journey.